0: Hello, my name is John Petty, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Growing Up in Flip-Flops. Today's episode is entitled, Surviving Donna. The radio announcer said everyone should leave their homes and seek safety in a community shelter with the coming hurricane's landfall. I asked my mother if we were going to leave our house, as the man on the radio had instructed. No, we aren't. This will be the last house standing in town." And she said it with firmness and finality. Our house was originally a model home in a new development in town in 1913. It was almost entirely made of Florida hardwood pine. My mother was more afraid of fire, in which the house would almost instantly be engulfed in flames, than any wind. So we stayed. But we prepared. We all took our last bath that we expected to have for several days the tubs were then filled to the brim with water to be used to flush toilets or in a worse case for drinking towels were rolled and placed at the bottom of each exterior door to soak up any wind-driven rain or water from entering the house every jug or jar that could hold water was filled and covered outside the house Nothing was left loose, or it was tied down securely, or it was brought inside a building. With all the preparations complete, Mother believed us to be relatively safe and able to ride out the storm in relative comfort. The real dangers were outside, and there were three primary ones. First, there was the potential of a storm surge. Depending how and where the hurricane made landfall, and the status of the tides at that moment, the surge could either be negligible or devastating. A true coin flip. One mitigating factor was the house was elevated about five feet above ground level. So, we were thinking we were reasonably safe. The second danger was damage from windborne objects that had either not been secured or had been torn away. 130 mile an hour sustained winds can do amazingly dangerous things with common items. Much later, after the storm had passed and we were able to drive around town, I saw a stop sign still attached to its metal support stuck edgeways in a palm tree. It was as if a giant had taken the entire sign, pulled it out of the ground, and thrown it like an axe against a tree and scored a bullseye. And lastly there was also the danger of falling trees and branches along with down power lines. The worst case would be if a direct hit from the storm were to occur. Because of the circular nature of hurricanes, wind direction is solidly in one direction when the first side hits, then when the eye passes, the other side hits but with the wind in the opposite direction. Trees and branches are pushed hard one direction and then hard in the other direction, weakening root systems and branches. Trees and power lines will fall. But if we remained indoors, we were safe, relatively safe, so we waited. The first half of the storm hit, and the only issue was having to replace the now-soaked towels at the base of a couple of doors. And then the eye of the storm came, It became one of the most memorable and fascinating moments of my life, even to this day. After watching powerful winds and rain being blown horizontally, suddenly the wind and the rain stopped. We could see sunshine and shadows outside. My mother quickly pulled the towels from the base of the front door, gathered my sister and me, and out we went. It was like the hurricane had never happened. Yeah, there were puddles from the rain and a few branches on the ground, but there was no wind at all. No birds were singing. It was completely quiet and still. No wind in the trees. No rustling of branches or leaves. Clear blue sky above. We walked around our yard. A few palm fronds were down, but nothing major. And then you heard it. It sounded like a train in the distance coming toward us. We didn't live close to any railroad tracks, but you could hear a train coming. Mother gathered my sister and me, telling us we need to get back in the house. The other side of the storm is coming. With that, we hurried back inside, and dry towels were replaced at the front door. And within a matter of minutes, the rain and the wind started as before, but with a big difference. It was going in the opposite direction that had been blowing 15 minutes before. It was an amazing sight. All in all, it was uneventful inside the house, at least up to that point. I believe my mother sent me to the rear of the house to check on the door towels back there, and finding the situation with no problems, I headed back to the front of the house to report back to her. As I passed a door near the main fireplace in the house, I heard a loud crack, and then a crashing sound that seemed to last forever. It must have only lasted a few seconds, but it seemed to go on and on. The sound had come from the fireplace hearth. I didn't realize what had happened initially, but the chimney had collapsed and fallen in on itself. Almost as soon as the bricks stopped falling, soot, lots of soot, came blowing out of the hearth in what seemed to be an unending flow and the soot cloud was spreading inside the house. The soot landed everywhere, covering floors, furniture, and walls in a gray and black dust. Perhaps the wind outside, without the restraint of the chimney, now had an entrance into the house, and with it, it brought clouds of soot. Mother and I were soon covered in it, and appeared as coal miners emerging from a day's work in the mine. She rushed to try and push a sofa against the fireplace opening. But because of the pile of bricks on the hearth, the sofa couldn't be pushed close enough to significantly stop the continuous flow of soot being blown into the house. The clouds of soot finally stopped along with the wind and rain outside. My sister and I tagged along with our mother as we ventured outside for some clear air. A royal palm tree was down in our front yard. It hadn't hit anything. A huge mango tree in our backyard was down. There were no other outside damage other than a few palm fronds, but those were always falling. We turned our attention to the house and could now see the blank space where the chimney used to be. There were a few bricks visible on the roof. The remainder of the bricks were either in the hearth or stacked inside the chimney itself. It appeared, from the outside, to be a complete chimney adectomy. When we returned inside, Mother's first order was for me to open every window and door and get a breeze through the house, and hopefully clear some of the still airborne soot out. But it was useless effort. I heard her yell a disappointed cry when she was in the kitchen. I went to see what had caused her cry. She was opening every cabinet in the kitchen, and I could see the cause of her pain. The inside of every cabinet was covered in soot. All the plates, cups, sofas, glasses, all had soot covering them. She opened other doors with the same result inside. She was almost in tears realizing the work ahead of her. Walking into my bedroom, which was nearest the fireplace, it was the same scene. My bed, the floor, the dresser, and window sills were covered in soot. Mother opened the linen closet, which was in my bedroom. Again, the soot had permeated through small cracks and covered everything in the closet. I don't think I had ever seen my mother cry like this before. It was an enormous task she was facing, along with two small children, which had to be looked after and fed. After gathering herself, she gave me an instruction. Empty my bathroom's bathtub and immediately take a bath to get the soot off of me. There had been clothes of mine on the back porch, which had been outside the reach of the soot cloud, and I was to put those on. I did as I was told. I went back to school a few days later, and life was partially back to normal. I do remember my mother cleaning, washing, emptying every cabinet, wiping down every item and replacing it all, over and over again for every single item in the house. Her cleaning must have lasted a month, and I'm certain it was an exhausting chore. Even at an early age, going through a direct hit from a major hurricane, I did learn a couple things. You always can, and should, prepare as much as possible. But you should also realize there will likely be something unexpected that will happen, for which you can't prepare. Be ready and be flexible. If that unexpected does occur, count your blessings. You're alive. The sun did come up the next morning, and you were there to see a beautiful sunrise, followed by an even more beautiful sunset. Be thankful for that. But get ready for the next storm. It's out there somewhere. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed presenting it. Thank you again.